We are rolling. Entrepreneurs, it's official. Impact, ignite your potential. Time to be a fearless leader. Making an impact is what you're achieving. Yeah, yeah. Hey, step into your, step into your purpose. Giving you the insight. We know you deserve it. If you got a vision and you want more, then you were destined to be an entrepreneur. Impact, ignite your potential. Hey, impact, ignite your potential. Let's go. I'm Cassandra Butterfield, and this is Impact, where we ignite that entrepreneurial fire and hear from others that are fearlessly stepping into their fullest potential as business owners, leaders, and creatives. Today, my guest is Mary Claire Boucher. She is the founder of MCB Creative. She provides high-quality digital marketing assets and brand consulting services to business owners to help further their vision for their brand and capture their story. Mary Claire, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here with you this morning, Cassandra. I really appreciate the uh, the chance. Yes, of course. So we're going to talk about all things creative. How do you feel about that? Oh, it's where I live. It's <laughs> I love it. That's my life. So that's I'm where super you excited. exist, yes, right? It's that's your in, space. in that creative space. So first, let's start off. How did you become an entrepreneur or when did that start for you? Because I think it was probably in your blood the whole time. But when did you really discover that? Yeah, absolutely. This is actually my third business venture, but it's my first as a solopreneur. So I really have always had very much an entrepreneurial spirit, I think, just being a creative person, I'm full of ideas and have made it my business to kind of collect them along the way. And the timing finally just became right in my own life in order to really take that leap and take all those great ideas and fulfill them and push them into the larger vision of really what I wanted to do. And it took a lot of time to distill that. I draw a lot from my work experience. I've worked in hospitality. I've worked in nonprofits. I've worked in corporate brand management. So Finally, I was able to take my previous business experience working with partners and then all of the knowledge of my other corporate ventures and nonprofit and really create what I think is an excellent package of experience that I can now put behind my creative process to then offer that to clients really to help their brand story and their vision be told in the best possible through digital images or through photography. So a lot of people talk about the journey and how they became an entrepreneur, and you were the first one to kind of point out the different background you had in hospitality, nonprofit work, and what you took from that. Yeah. What do you think are some of those key things that you took from those, and what are some of the things you left behind? I think one of the some of the biggest things I took, certainly from hospitality, I full marks to anyone that works in service industries because that is tough work for sure. And I actually think everyone at some point should work either in totally a restaurant agree. or in a retail situation because it is an education like no other. What I really took from my time in hospitality is customer service is key. It makes all the difference in the world, particularly because I spend a lot of time working in restaurants. And people are kind of funny about their food, but ultimately it's an intangible. So people may forget the meal as soon as they ate it, but they're always going to remember the experience, whether it's the positive or the negative. So really customer service and that relationship building I learned in hospitality. In nonprofit, I learned that being really passionate about what you do can go really far. And it's almost necessary because if you don't feel passion for what you do or feel something 
that's like larger that lights that fire when because being a business owner is hard work and there's a lot of stuff you have to do that's a slog that maybe isn't the stuff that's the most fun. So you have to make sure that the stuff you're doing that is the fun part, that is what lights your fire, is and is there and is always in focus. And I think I really got that from nonprofit. And my time in corporate, I would say, was just a lot of really the marketing aspects I learned a lot of. And I learned a lot about really the background of putting stories together, mm-hmm. how to do it, relationship building, how to deal with different stakeholders, because I dealt with a lot of different stakeholders from investors to owners to, you know, everybody that had an opinion and how to take those opinions, mm-hmm. keep everybody on track, distill it to what's important and and then, but stay on track to what the actual mission of whatever the project is. What I left behind, I would say, is I don't believe in corporate burnout culture anymore. I really decided, particularly with non my time in, well, actually in all three of those, in restaurants, nonprofit, and in corporate, that there was such a culture of suiting up and showing up and working all the time. And there's no such thing as work-life balance, which also we could have another podcast for hours on that because it's not a balance, it's a teeter-totter. But really that I decided if I'm ever going to work this hard, I want to have equity in what I'm doing. I was. I felt. I finally felt like I was just spending way too many hours um, doing things that didn't really fulfill me and that weren't things that I was really in charge of. And I wanted to make sure that I could do that in creative space and take that experience that I had and put it in service of others and in, and their vision and really share that. I'm curious about your statement of work life not being a balance. No, it's not a balance. I don't think it's a balance. I think it's a teeter-totter. So, okay. yeah, because there are times when, I mean, my my children are grown now, but obviously, particularly if you have a family or if you're taking care of your parents or if you have hobbies you're really into, you're into sports, whatever, like that's one thing. And then there's your work life. Well, for one, I think with the way technology has allowed us to just blur that line anyway. Mm -hmm. So we, people can work anywhere all the time for one. So then there's the control of the expectation by your employer that you're now can work all of the time. And a lot of people, myself totally included, had not great boundaries around that for a long time. Right particularly when I was in nonprofit, because it's just a passion thing. So I had really bad boundaries around that. And so it just becomes the bleed between work and life is really, it's a really deep bleed over. And then I think there are times when you know you have to make a choice of right now I have this project, this deadline, this rollout, this whatever, this event that is going to take up excruciating amounts of time. And that's when that side of your work teeter-totter is maybe a little heavier and that's where you're grounding your time. And then there are other times when you're like, my kid's got to play. I'm in super involved in my kid's sports. I have to go on this trip. I have always wanted to travel such and such a place. That's what we call the life piece. And there are times you're going to shift your energy and put that more there. And then that's what grounds you in that side of your teeter-totter is what's grounded. Now, I think sometimes that teeter-totter balance pendulum shifts daily sometimes Mm -hmm. a couple times a day and then there are times when it shifts over months years whatever but I don't know a lot of people that truly can say oh I'm totally balanced all the time one and the other I think there's a give and a take and I think it's just a matter of making sure that both sides of the teeter-totter get equal play 
I am completely on board with that teeter-totter instead of the balance, (laughs) right? For me, being newly married, I have many passions, many jobs, many different projects that I'm, you know, I'm a creative too, so I'm always like this project. And sometimes it's just more energy goes here. Sometimes the laundry's not going to get done for a week. I mean, it's just, and it's it's all okay, right? Yeah. Yes. And it's all okay. And I think when we somehow carry the notion that the idea of our bliss is attached to work-life balance, then I think when we're not, you know, when there you can't strike that balance, and I think somehow we feel like we're doing it wrong. But I just don't think that there again goes back to that burnout. It's like if you're constantly trying to rebalance and rebalance instead of being like, hey, you know what, right now my time's in this basket, and later on I'm going to put my time in that basket. I think that's such great advice for entrepreneurs, especially. Totally. Because we're creating something out of nothing. And oftentimes, like for me, I think it's almost better if I am trying to have this life side, right? If we're going to call it, not this work side. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to not think about what I need to do or not think about what I'm trying to create. Right. I'm ultimately not in that moment anyways. Right. I just want to be at work or work, right? In quotations, because it's not. I think work is a loose like term for, for sure. it because for us it's creating something. Yeah. And when I'm on that creative kick, it's like that's what I where I want to be. I want to be working on that. And I think that's okay. Oh, absolutely. As entrepreneurs, as anyone, you don't have to feel so guilty about that. Absolutely. And I think the other thing being a creative is particularly when you're trying to hatch something, I find for me, I cannot force it. I can't. Like there's no amount of making that egg hatch any quicker than it's going to. And really, there is an incubation period, and I don't know what that is all the time. And, I mean, it strikes me at the weirdest hours. Yes. Sometimes it's a 5 a.m. wake up. Sometimes I'm up till 2 a.m. And it because when that moment strikes me, then I have to run with it. And And that's your focus. And that's okay. Right. And I think being willing to accept that and not try to cram it into a box, which – is great because then you can just let it free flow and just be accepting. And I actually heard recently someone use the term a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Oh, and I love that, that statement because <laughs> that I was like, so let's get rid of this notion that we're all supposed to have one passion that we follow. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Follow them all. You can't do them all at one time, but maybe dabble here, there. It, you don't have to pick. And that is the other beauty of being an entrepreneur is I absolutely focus on photography because it's something that I think I have a great a talent and a strong competency, and it's something that I find really interesting, and I love the creative process, and I love constantly tweaking my workflow, and I love knowing that it it is such a journey in that there's always more to learn. Like, I'm never going to be done learning photography. I really love that there is that to offer and I get to be passionate about other people's business and I get to be excited about their branding. And I also still maintain my own creative photography projects that have nothing to do with my client work and quite frankly look really different from my client work because that's the stuff that, you know, taps another part of my creative brain. Embrace the and. Yes. There we go. (laughs) Embrace the and. So now you took all of that, which I can already see this picture painting of all the things you took and what you do now for businesses and how you treat them and how you cultivate this experience with making an experience for them, right? Their brand and turning it into something. So 
This is probably one of the hardest things for businesses, I think, is creating the brand, creating the culture, creating the story. So you seem like you can do that really well. Yeah. So how do you do that? What's kind of your thought process with that? And why do you think you're so good at that? Right. So I have come up with calling myself sort of a vision translator. And I think a lot of it is really conversational. I uh, have an opportunity to work with a client. What I like to do is just have them talk about their business. What is it you do? Why do you do it? Who are your clients? Who do you see walk in the door? Who do you hope will walk in the door? When you think about your product, what do you think about your product? And really take that and then help them envision that for their product. And whether that's, you know, an atmosphere of food and beverage in a restaurant, whether that's a physical product, whether that is really, it can be almost anything because it's really what that owner or that operator is bringing. Because a lot of time people, they go online and they create a logo and they slap it on a business card and they think that's their brand. But I cannot iterate enough that your logo is not your brand. Your logo is your logo and it is one piece of the pie. But then the consistent application of that across all of the channels of what you're doing in your business is so important because it just continues to reinforce what you do. And an example, if I can maybe give a good example, is if your target market is millennials and you're selling a product to millennials, you want to make sure that your images don't include things that don't resonate with them. You know, don't have things in the picture that are going to talk to boomers. You know, don't have Folgers coffee in the background. (laughs) You know, that's like kind of a bad example. Just thinking about how do you want this to present? Is it a dark, moody brand? Do you want it to be sort of intimate and dark? Or is it light and bright and clean? And so it's just a lot of talking about that. And not only do I do that through photography, but then also with the consulting side of it is really a brand read. Is that vision for your brand then being carried across all of the rest of your collateral? So I provide that through photography, but then in the application of that photography, is it coming through on your website? Is it coming through in your printed collateral like brochures or postcards if you do that or any other kind of collateral handout? Is it coming through in your PowerPoint deck if you have a deck that you share with people? Is it coming through in simple things like the banners at the top of your social media? You know, and all those banners are sized differently, which is exasperating to me, but is that consistent across your LinkedIn banner, your Facebook, uh, Facebook banner, your Instagram banner, your Twitter, whatever? Is that consistent across all of those channels as well? I'm officially calling this episode Beyond the Business Card. <laughs> and I think that you should capitalize on that <laughs> yes. and maybe start your own podcast because yes. I love that. It's not just your logo. It's not just your business card. And that's so true, especially for the mom and pops or the solopreneurs, right, that think right. that. They only provide this one service. Maybe they provide cleaning and they think, oh, that's so boring. And, you know, it's an everyday thing. So here's my business card. That's it. No website, no nothing else outside of the box. And you're saying that you have to do that, which I completely agree with, especially in today's day and age with social media, everything else. It's so saturated. Yeah. You have to stand out. And be consistent. And I think that's the consistency piece. And For better or for worse, there is digital marketing that's available to small business owners, which is amazing because a lot of it's for free, whether it's on Canva or if you have Adobe products, you can get it there. Or you can even inexpensively hire a graphic designer through online resources to develop things for you. And that's amazing. And I'm glad that resource is there for folks. But then 
I mean, I get it. I'm a shiny object person. I get easily distracted by, oh, this looks great, this looks great, this looks great. And then before you know it, you have this patchwork quilt of your business card looks one way because that was what caught your eye when you were on Vistaprint. Mm. And your, you know, your note card looks great because when you were on, you know, this other website, that's what caught your eye. And then you lose that consistency. And so it's really hard for people to know who you are by looking at your brand and understanding what you do. And then they may even, because people have a very short attention span in this digital age. So really it's that consistency as, are your colors the same on everything? Is it the same look? Is it the same logo? Is it the same font? People get hung up on fonts. Are there too many fonts? Is it too complicated? These are little things that people just don't think about that are really easy to fix and really make a difference in your brand consistency. So if they're seeing that color, that logo, everything's consistent over and over again in their face, they're going to know who you are. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. And that's the only way in order to have that consistent engagement. So again, and a lot of time the impression, like you said, impression is just someone seeing it. It's not even someone clicking on it. It's literally an eyeball. You have like 0.2 seconds to get on that eyeball. And so if you have a very clear sense of what you're trying to say with your branding, then you're gonna have better impressions. And also kind of back to photography, particularly when it comes to product or food and beverage or the environment surrounding those things, it has been shown, particularly in this digital age, that when you as a business owner take the time to put out high quality images of your product, people automatically associate that you are providing a quality product just because you take the time and spend the energy to create a positive image of that. Well, Instagram and Facebook have even come out and said that in their algorithm, they are going to put the high quality images at the top. So think about just diving into that with the high quality images and your strategy and overall what that could do for your business. Right. Yeah. Could be amazing. Absolutely. And I think a lot of this goes back to business basics too. You need to have a plan. You need to be able to strategize. Right. And maybe if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I know I need to do that, but I don't want to. Mary Claire can do it for you. (laughs) Right. So let's talk a little bit about what that process, in a nutshell, of course, what that process kind of looks like. So for the most part, the clients that I'm working with do already have some sort of a brand. They are an established business. And really, they're kind of on the threshold of um, being to the point where they can expand their marketing. Mm. They have more of a strategic marketing plan. They have some budget. And they really want to kind of take it up a notch. So I am working with people that have an established brand. So the first thing that I like to do is have really what we're doing now is just really conversational, you know, to understand what it is they're going to use this for. What is your vision for this thing? And that can, like I said, it can be across the board. And I have all kinds of different, you know, things that I can work with. But it helps me to understand, is this primarily going to be on your website? Is this going to be in print collateral? Who are you talking to? What do you want these images to say? Where are these images going to be placed? Do you want them to have people in them? Do you not want to have people in them? Mm. What are your colors? How do you want it to feel? And so I really have a conversation with them about that. And then what I do is, if it's possible to do, I like to just do a quick walkthrough of either with the products or of the space or around the brand, how the brand is being applied. Sometimes I can't do that just because of logistics. 
But then I create a vision board or a mood board, as it's called, really just kind of hits, you know, what I kind of envision the colors to be for that, where I think the lighting should be. Is it going to be like harsh direct light? Is it going to be soft overhead light? Is it going to be just bright? Is it going to be dark and moody? And really sort of play that out, maybe grab some precedent images, maybe images of the existing brand or existing product as it's being used, pull that together, and then kind of talk through that again with the, in order to make sure that we're on the same page. And then basically we see like, okay, how much time do we think we need to do for this and set up the shot? And I'm really flexible. This is my job. I'm really blessed to not have this just be my side gig. This is Mm -hmm. really what I do. And I know the business owners, they work when they work. And so I'm super flexible to show up when people need me. Yeah. So then I show up, set it up, do the shoot. I'm very comfortable working totally by myself. I'm also super comfortable if people want to be involved, if there are, you know, food stylists involved, if there are, you know, some creative direction from a corporate brand standpoint, I'm very comfortable working with folks that way, really. And then we do the shot and we take care of it within in a reasonable period of time, depending upon how long the uh, the shoot has been, then I deliver images. I do soft edit. I'm not a big Photoshop gal. I feel like the brand speaks for itself. Mm. And so I try to do as much as I can in camera, just tidy things up a little on the back end and deliver them. And then if there needs to be additional services beyond that, some print consulting, or if people want to do brand read through as far as, okay, now you have these images, how they're going to be applied again. Is it consistent on your website? Is it consistent? And I can do that as well. The follow through on the other end, I think that's really important. And it's amazing you can offer that to businesses because most of the time it's just here's your images. Here's your logo. Good luck. (laughs) Right. Have fun. So you being able to do that is amazing. And going back to what you said that you're blessed enough to have this not be your side gig, you fearlessly jumped into having this be your everyday nine to five per se or you know, midnight to 4am, depending on what you're doing. So what was your motivator for that? Because you didn't have to do that. That's true. I didn't. You know, it's amazing. And that I think going through a global pandemic will help you reframe your mindset. (laughs) I I, I know I think I'm not the only one. (laughs) But it really, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people took stock of what was important and what um, really what we want to do and where I want to spend my time. And I think I really came into focus that uh, we're just given this day and we aren't guaranteed another one. So I don't want to be doing what I don't want to do anymore. Mm. I have to make some sacrifices within that. But, um, you know, but I get super creative and I'm making amazing relationships here at Adams Hub particularly has been an outstanding resource, free, outstanding resource. So I can not recommend you guys highly enough. But it's just, you know, it's getting creative and finding those resources that are there to support business that don't have to cost a lot of money. I'm meeting a lot of other business people that can help me in my journey along the way, and I can help them. And so there becomes this great in-kind sort of trade aspect that I'm able to take advantage of as I grow my business as well. Yeah, so it's, you know, and I have a timeline and I have some pretty aggressive goals that I need to hit, but I feel like they're aggressive but realistic mm-hmm. and yeah so I think I like that aggressive happen. goals sounds a little <laughs> scary but I'm with it I'm all for it yeah these businesses brands and how they look and how they are portrayed to the world seems to really mean a lot to you yeah you put your whole heart your energy into that and it's not even your business so why is that well I think 
I'm I just am naturally a very curious person. I really enjoy hearing people be passionate and excited about what mm. they do. Like that fuels me as much as anything else. So I and I just really enjoy being a part of that. Even if it's not, you know, there even if I don't know anything about their business. I actually had a fascinating conversation with a man recently who owned the franchise for a very specific potato chip brand that's mm. only sold in Ohio. I don't know anything about potato chips, but this guy was so excited about these potato chips. Like, I couldn't not be excited for him about the potato mm -hmm. chip franchise. And so it's just funny that I find that to be infectious. And I also really believe in the small business economic engine in this country. I mean, yes, there are the Amazons and all that, but I really think the heart and the soul in this country is in small business. And I want to support that. I believe in it. I think that people have amazing ideas. And I also think that going back to my statement about not buying into, <clears throat> excuse me, corporate burnout culture, we need each other. So business owners can't be their everything. I mean, you can, but you will burn yourself out and you're not going to be good at all those things. So I also think we're here to support one another and all ships rise. So if I can find a business and they're super excited about what they do and I can get excited about what they do, just feeling their passion for what they're doing and I can be a part of that in supporting them to lift them up to continue to be successful, I'm probably going to be successful alongside them. Just love living in that space of curiosity and finding out what people do and where they want to go. Okay, so the final piece, what would you say to someone that is just on the verge of becoming a solopreneur? I would say absolutely go for it. I think even if you are not in a position for it to immediately become your full-time thing, if it's something you need to side hustle for a while, just do it. Don't be afraid to do it. And I think there's risk involved, but I think you can calculate that risk. Mm. There are amazing resources for you, like Adam's Hub, can't say enough again. But there are other resources as well. You know, your Chamber of Commerce, your Small Business Administration, your, there are people out there that want to help small businesses, want to help women in small business. And to succeed, seek that out. Yeah, I'm a solopreneur and that I don't have a partner, but this is absolutely a team effort. I like to call you all Team MC. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get jackets. I know. Way. Yeah, there need to be stickers. So I ha definitely have Team MC. I'd say go for it, but be smart, have a strategic plan, be intelligent moving forward, and have fun. Just And if it's not fun, then don't do it. It's not the right calling. If it's something that you can't have fun with, then it's not the right thing to be doing. A great piece of advice. Mary Claire, thank you so much for sharing your passion, your heart, and some great ideas on how we need to make sure that our business is truly getting that vision across to whoever's coming through the door. Absolutely. Super important. I'd be happy to talk with anybody about, about their brand, about their vision, you know, just to chat. Like I said, I just really I get excited about seeing what people are doing out there. If there's a way I can help, I'd love to do that too. I'm online at mcb-creative.com or on Instagram at mcbcreative. And I'd love to see you all there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on Impact. Thank you for having me. Impact and night your potential. Let's go.